This is episode number 319 with data visualization experts, uh, Jonathan Amoka and Ogo Ezefor. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. This episode of the Super Data Science Podcast is brought to you by our very own Data Science Insider. The Data Science Insider is a weekly newsletter for data scientists, which is designed specifically to help you find out what have been the latest updates and what is the most important news in the space of data science, artificial intelligence, and other technologies. It is completely free and you can sign up at superdatascience.com DSI. And the way this works is that every week there's plenty of updates and seemingly important information coming out in the world of technology. But at the same time, it is virtually impossible for a single person on a weekly basis to go through all of this and find out what is actually really relevant to a career of a data scientist and what is actually very important. And that's why our team curates the top five updates of the week puts them into an email and sends it to you. So once you sign up for the Data Science Insider, every single Friday, you will receive this email in your inbox. It doesn't spam your inbox, it just arrives and it has the top five updates with brief descriptions. And that's what I like the most about it, the descriptions. So you don't actually even have to read every single article. So our team has already read these articles for you and put the summaries into the email. So you can simply just read the updates in the email and be up to speed in a matter of seconds. And if you like a certain article, you can click on it and read into it further. And so whether you want great ideas that can be used to boost your next project or you're just curious about the latest news in technology, the Data Science Insider is perfect for you. So once again, you can sign up at www.superdatascience.com slash DSI. So make sure not to miss this opportunity and sign up for the Data Science Insider today. And that way you will join the rest of our community and start receiving the most important technology updates relevant to your career already this week. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super pumped to have you on today's episode. Today we have not one, but two special guests, Jonathan and Ogo. I met Jonathan and Ogo at uh, Data Science Go 2019 in San Diego, and we really hit it off. We were actually uh, at the Tableau workshop that I was running, and they were helping out there because uh, they got uh, through their visualizations faster than um like many people there and instead of just sitting around doing nothing they helped out with uh, others with their visualizations it was a really cool community building thing that we had and uh, we had fun at that workshop and and then i decided to bring him on the podcast to talk about visualization and that's exactly what you will hear in today's episode we're going to be talking a lot about visualization specifically we'll dive into the following things you will hear about 
career paths in data science and how even in the space of visualization, you can structure different career paths. So depending on how you want to build your career in data science and what you're passionate about, you can take a career path that's similar to Ogo's or a career path that's similar to Jonathan's. And I think you'll be very excited to hear the contrast between the two. Uh, also, we talk about uh, different tools that are used for visualization from Tableau to Power BI, uh, to Dash in Python, to Shiny in R, and some other tools will be mentioned. So I think you'll find that part exciting as well. We'll talk about different approaches and Ogo will share his methodology, which all of us on this podcast found very interesting. So you'll hear a really cool methodology, which you can apply in your visualizations already today. Uh, then we'll talk about uh, tips. We'll share some tips. Each one of us will share three tips on visualization, which you can use in your career to really skyrocket your skills. So make sure to hang on for that. It is quite a longer podcast, but towards the end, we'll share these tips and I think you'll find them very insightful. And finally, we'll talk about certifications, specifically about Tableau certifications. I passed my certification uh, a few days ago from the moment when I'm recording this audio. I really enjoyed it. I'll share my experience here. And also there'll be a few hints and spoiler, uh, spoiler alerts about what's coming up in January and February 2020. So make sure not to miss out on that and can't wait for you to check out this episode. For So without further ado, I bring to you Jonathan Mocha and Ogo Ezefor, data visualization experts. Welcome back to the Super Data Sense Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you on the show. Actually, double excited because we have two guests today. We have Ogo calling in from Seattle and Jonathan from New York. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Carol? Amazing. Amazing. Ogo, how about you? How's Seattle these days? Excellent. Glad to be on with you. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, it's uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's like, when when was it? We like we met at uh, Data Science Go. That was what end of September, right? What have you been up to since then? Yeah, it's been a it's been it's been it's been a fun time at Data Science Go. You know, um, I felt like I learned a lot there, um, and it was great. You know, teaming up with you and helping you at your uh, you know at your um, your lesson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Your workshop, yeah. So yeah, that was really fun. Uh, it was it was great meeting you both right there. That was, uh, I think we made a pretty cool team. The uh, at data science goes since then it's just been uh work 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 and try to be a dad at the same time which is fun nice nice very cool so just for for, for the sake of our listeners um to, like i love that situation so we had a workshop I was running a workshop on tableau there was like about 60 people in the room um and like everybody was different levels so you guys were obviously more advanced uh, there's some beginners some intermediate data scientists visualization um, you know, people and experts. And so like, how, how did it happen that we started working as a team? Like, uh, Jonathan, how would you describe that situation? What, what how did it all like, cause it all happened so naturally. Yeah, it did. It was, it was pretty cool. So, um, I think you maybe spotted the fact that I was already done with what you were telling us to do. You go, what are you doing? Like, well, I, you know, I made my dashboard. I like, well, there's all these people here. Get up and help. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get up and help. I didn't realize I was in the front row. There's was the only seat left, right? So I I, yeah. just, I think you said, uh, hey, does anybody need help? And I turned around and there were like, I don't know, 10 or 15 hands in the air. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, I, I just picked some people or maybe you directed me to, to see some people. And uh, we sat down and started working. It was, it was fun. I actually 
ended up helping um, uh, two really cool people. Uh, so one of them, Bo and Chen, mm-hmm. who I met actually in the um, SDS Slack channel. And I didn't even realize I was working with him. And uh, and then later on in the day, I was like, oh, wait, we worked together. We've worked together in the Slack channel before. So that was fun. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. And John, uh, Ogo, how did that make you feel like helping others? Yeah, it made me feel great. You know, like I feel like it came kind of natural, um, you know, sitting next to people who were kind of struggling, uh, being able to just assist them on, you know, uh, you know, adding a parameter or just, you know, adding drill downs or just completing certain tasks it just it became pretty natural and i i feel like um you know i I love helping people so it just um it was a pretty fun and exciting experience just to be out there and 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 contributing so yeah like i totally loved it it was um very unexpected for me because i thought all right we'll just all progress through dashboards together but because there were so many different levels everybody's progressing different stages and could have been like you know some people are far behind some people are getting bored because they're far ahead but data scientists are such like giving and friendly people that I don't know, like this, it just works out so well, like they're helping each other. Um, yeah. And that, uh, that was an extraordinary, uh, even for me, just to see that was really extraordinary. Um, but so you guys are really good in visualization. So maybe to get a bit of a feel for how that happened. Could you give us a bit about, uh, like, a big, a quick rundown on your background? So maybe, Ogo, let's start with you. Like, when did you get into visualization and, uh, like, how how come you're, you know, you know Tableau already? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit of a non-traditional um, self-taught analyst. So I was born and raised in, on the north side of Chicago, the Go Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my, uh, my parents, they immigrated from Nigeria about 35 years ago. And um, in our house, uh, they they pretty much promoted us to they wanted us to be a either a doctor or an engineer. Uh, those are two, the two uh, career paths. Right. So essentially, I um, stumbled into data science um, after medical school. They didn't work out. Uh, I actually wanted to become like an orthopedic surgeon. And um, until I realized I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in a at a hospital. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> so essentially. I began my data science career about five years ago and was able to quickly propel myself in the field uh, by becoming a business intelligence analyst for a small healthcare um, and uh, healthcare consulting company mm-hmm. in Issaquah, Washington. That's slightly outside of uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And essentially what I did was um, I came into work and I was banging my head because I just could not figure out Tableau. You know, I just I, I, I was just having trouble. Under, like kind of understanding how to build these visuals in a meaningful way. And um, so I did that for a couple months and I just was not making any traction. Mm-hmm. So what I, so I decided one day I decided that I would, you know, I need to take a course on this, you know, I need to figure out uh, how, to, how to become more efficient in Tableau. So I, I found uh, your course, Carol. Um, and, um, you know, surprisingly it, it helped me um, dramatically awesome. um, improve, awesome. improve my tableau skills so from there i just like started taking more courses online you know more i just like udacity udemy just taking as many courses on data science um as i could and um that really really propelled me in my career and, and helped me become the data scientist that i am today um so so that was kind of the initial start of how i got into data science and then from there um i was able to work for uh unilever and microsoft as a data scientist. No um, way. That's so cool. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, the, the experience that I gained and the knowledge that I, that I kind of absorbed from your courses as well as from others kind of um, put me in the position where I was able to showcase 
my data science skills um, at a high level. So that's so cool. That's very very mm-hmm. exciting. So within five years, in those five years, you already worked for Microsoft and Unilever. Uh, just by mm-hmm. learning stuff online, that's really cool. And exactly. now, and now exactly. you're running your own freelance uh, operation in mm-hmm. visualization, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, so yeah, I was able to um, to generate over two hundred thousand dollars in less in less than a, a year. Wow! Um, as a it's, freelance data no consultant. No way! Yep. That is so cool. Congrats, man. That is awesome. Two hundred k in a year as a freelancer. <laughs> wow. Uh, yep. So yeah, yeah. If I could do it, you could do it too, right? <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Congrats, congrats. So I like to tell people. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And Jonathan, how about you? Your story is a bit different. Tell us about you. Yeah. So my story is quite a bit different. But um, my background, undergrad background, was in physics and math. Right. So degrees in physics, I mean degrees in math, and so data and uh, analysis uh, for me all started with Excel back in two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I did that for whatever, that was my undergrad. Um, and so I've, I've always loved solving problems with my computer. That's what I, that's what I do. Like I, I just like the code. I, I see a problem or I see an opportunity. I'm like, Oh, I bet I could write something that would make this go smoother. Right. Mm-hmm. So in about 2017, I, uh, I was trying to expand a little bit of my CS knowledge and um stumbled onto i think andrew newing's course on coursera that was machine learning mm-hmm. and i had sort of heard machine learning as a buzzword and people talk about it and i thought well this is probably something to do with computer science let me let me look into this so i started doing it and uh, i was like oh this is kind of fun you know there's an awful lot of matlab which i hadn't used in a long time yeah. <laughs> um but it was fun and so when i was when i finished that course i thought well let me look into this a little bit. And I actually, um, I started looking for podcasts for data science, right? So I stumbled onto a bunch of them, found found a bunch. And yours was the most interesting to listen to. So wow. I, like, I, know, oh. I know you're on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that I know. Like... How much fun is that, right? So uh, so I was listening to your podcast and I thought, huh, this guy seems like he has some, like, some cool ideas. I'll check out his website. I signed up for your website. I took the Tableau, Tableau course. Mm-hmm. Um and a, a, I don't know, a bunch of the other ones too. And that sort of got me started probably early 2018, all the way through 2018 and up until early 2019. And um, my son was born early in February 2019. So when I stayed home with him for a couple of weeks afterwards, um, while he napped, I stayed up mm-hmm. and and learned as much data science as I could in that time. So... <laughs> That's Amazing. sort of how I got started, and um, since then, I mean, I, I currently I'm a manager of a hardware distribution company, hardware flooring distrib- distribution company, and also have a startup that I'm co-founder of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hardware flooring sourcing platform, mm-hmm. and I it's I've a bit very taken, different, very different to data science. They're very different. <laughs> Couldn't be more science. different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very physical and uh, labor intensive, but. Mm-hmm. What I've been able to do is think through the stuff that I've learned from your courses, other courses, reading online, and take those ideas and say, "Hey, I can I can apply data science here, even though they're they kind of look like they're totally opposing things. Mm-hmm. There are there's room here to apply data science and make some progress." Mm-hmm. And um, I I implemented something earlier this year that that was able to knock down our 
um, inventory value, right? So we carry about a million dollars worth of stuff in our warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was able to get that down about 15 to 20%. So mm-hmm. we're hovering around eight hundred thousand instead of a million, which is great because that frees up. That's a lot. Capital. <laughs> That's like yeah. like what yeah. Ogo made in in a year. You <laughs> saved your company as well in a year. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that was really remarkable was that it it didn't take very long. You know, built the system, implemented it, and I'd say within two months mm. there was market difference in what was happening in our in our business. So it was pretty wild. Wow, that is really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like how you mentioned you like you all, you both you guys have different ways you started. So Ogo, you needed to get your head around Tableau. You took you found the courses. You took the courses. Uh, Jonathan, you started with machine learning. Then you listened to some podcasts. Then you did the uh, visualization courses. So what I was curious about is this transition, uh, Jonathan, that you went through from machine learning to visualization. Because data science, you know, you can do data science as machine learning, you can do data science as visualization, data preparation, deep learning, um, storytelling. There's many way, many areas in data science. So what are your thoughts, like both you guys, what are your thoughts on machine learning versus visualization? Like where is data science for you? Yeah, so it's uh, this is a great question because it it's all part of data science, right? And you know, machine learning is great and I like it and I think it's important and it's useful. Um, but when it comes down to your boss saying, well, why are you spending this much time doing X, whatever that thing is, right? Um, you need to be able to say, well, look, here is why I'm doing it and this is what's happening. And so if you can do that with a compelling visualization, then it's a lot easier than trying to say, well, you know, if you take the average of this thing and then you add the standard deviation, you know, you end up with this, whatever. And you, you're, their eyes have glazed over. My eyes are glazed over now just saying that. But if you show them a graph and say, look, this is where sales have moved from. We used to do a lot of sales here in this category. Now we're doing a lot of sales here in this category. That's two seconds. And they understand it perfectly. So, Visualization is a super powerful aspect of data science when it comes to communicating the results, which is really what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I completely agree. You know, a lot of times um, as data, data scientists, we tend to focus about 80% of our time uh, doing data prep work and uh, transforming data, but and then reserving 20% of the time for visualization. But um, and if you really think about it, um, the visualization aspect is very, very important critical and essential, especially in the business world, you know, like, like Jonathan mentioned, um, that's the, that's the client facing um, product. So everything that we're doing behind the scenes is, is very important, but also we have to spend a lot of time understanding how we want to convey that message. um, Once that data um, goes into some kind of visualization and uh, being able to use um, color, for instance, to quickly identify areas of opportunity um, so that the the uh, stakeholder can make quick decisions, quick and informed decisions, mm-hmm. is uh, is very is very very essential in the um, data science community. Um, yeah. So. Gotcha. No, totally totally agree as well. Um, yeah. So totally totally agree. And uh, Ogo, I was actually curious. So to to your point that you know that's very important for businesses. Um, what kind of projects have you lately seen in your freelance startup? Like what what are businesses? 
the needs of businesses where you help them out? What do they need in terms of visualization? Is there anything you can share with us? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so a lot of times, some uh, companies that I work with, they they kind of just put a bunch of uh, worksheets together on a on a page, and um, and it, it, sometimes it can get kind of confusing and mm-hmm. um, uh, and and kind of hard to follow. It's not necessarily telling a story. Um, so what I like to do is I like to take a step back before the visualization. And um, I have like a three-step process that I, I kind of rely on. And um, the first step is the discovery step. And uh, in that step, um, the goal here is to build a requirements quad. So like a requirements quad is essentially you're taking four different um, elements of of, um, uh, of, of like uh, kind of gathering requirements. So like, let's say the first quad will be you're, you're identifying goals and objectives of the dashboard. So what would this company like to achieve? Um, through uh, this particular dashboard, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the goals and the challenges, right? And then um, the second quad, we're looking at the audience and the and the user. So who will be uh, using this dashboard on a daily, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Um, so would that be like the CEO or the chief, um, let's say the marketing um, officer or director? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third quad are some priority questions. So what are the top questions? that um, the business would like to have answered, such as uh, what is my profit trend or uh, what is my customer distribution or what is the product distribution, right? Um, and then the fourth quad is uh, what some of other requirements. Um, you know, does this visualization, must does it have to be built in a specific uh, a BI tool such as Tableau or Power BI? Um, would the user like to have drill down capabilities, right? So then after this stage of uh, discovering those requirements, I tend to move on to the, the next stage, which is uh, the drawing stage. And here, I like to uh, take what I gathered from the first step and then build out a, a mock-up dashboard, right? Um, mm-hmm. With all with everything that we have learned in the requirements stage. Um, so here we create a rough draft of a dashboard and we place all the, the KPIs and the bar charts in um in a, in a in a meaningful way so that it's telling a story um and then after doing this um i like to get some client feedback in terms of is this is this kind of in line with what they are looking to achieve or accomplish with their dashboard build and if they are in agreement with that then i move on to the third step which is the development step and that's when we dive into um to the data so we try to figure out, okay, what data sources are needed in order to build out these KPIs and these um, dashboards and these uh, worksheets, uh, sorry, on these dashboards. So essentially figuring out um, whether we need marketing data, uh, do we need, um, you know, uh, uh, data from the website? So we, uh, let's say e-commerce data or, uh, you know, data on like Google Analytics, for instance. So after um, kind of developing the dashboard in Power BI, um, we're then ready to present that to the client. So uh, it's it's this three-step process that makes it so that we cover all the bases and we know exactly uh, what the end user is, um, is, what's most valuable for the end user um, and how to display that data in a meaningful way. Wow, that's a really cool process. What I really like about it is, first of all, it's very structured. And second, that you... So you don't look, you don't actually look at the data available to you, if I'm understanding this correctly, you don't look at the data available to you until step three. So you first identify all the requirements, needs, who's going to be using it, some priority questions, what you know, tool you're going to be using for this. Then you draw up a blueprint. Like you don't even know what data you have in the organization at this stage. 
you're just attending to the needs of the clients. Then you run it by them, you get their feedback, and then only in stage three do you look for the data. Is it there? Like where? How can I get it? How can I source it? And so on. Is that is that a bit of, is that a correct summary? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that approach has is definitely is very valuable because um, instead of without looking at the data, um, or let's say for instance, if a company has access to let's say several data sources, it can get very overwhelming as a data analyst or, or data scientist to just come into an organization and then start trying to kind of throw throw um, worksheets onto a dashboard without having a clear understanding of what the client is trying to accomplish with the dashboard. Mm-hmm. So I think having that stepwise approach uh, adds some additional clarity that is needed so that you're only focused on the, the, the uh, data that is required to um, to answer those specific priority questions. Interesting. Have you ever come across a situation where it's the opposite, where like you do step one and step two and you've drawn everything up and then you go to look for the data and the data is not there? Like it's not that they have too much data that would overwhelm you, like they don't have enough data for you to prepare this dashboard that you've planned out. Actually, uh, surprisingly, I've never actually had that, that problem. It seems <laughs> nice. like there's always there's always uh, enough data to to answer the uh, the given question so that's um, cool um, but yeah i think in a, in, a, in a situation like that it would just uh, be um that would kind of generate another question like okay so how can we get the data that will help um answer that particular question that's very cool that's very cool and indeed yeah like uh, you if the question needs answering the data shouldn't be a constraint you should the organization should find a way to get the data very cool thanks thanks for sharing and um uh, Jonathan, what do you think like of like Ogo's methodology? And do you have a methodology of your own? How do you develop dashboards? Uh, so Ogo's methodology just became my methodology. <laughs> it's quite good. I love it. Uh, I was thinking the same thing when Ogo was talking. I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to approach dashboards from now on. That's yeah, awesome. no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I uh, I have a little project that I'm working on now that I'm going to try and apply this this methodology to and just see how it works out because it's beautiful. I love the idea of not even bothering to consider data until you're done with the design and say, so, like, this is what I need because, to Ogo's point, right, it can get overwhelming really fast. Well, I've got this data. I've got this data. I've got this other data. Uh so to, to just eliminate that and say, this is what I need. This is what the client needs. Um, okay, now I'll go and cherry pick the things that I need to go and get as far as data goes. Like, that's beautiful. So um, up until now, my methodology has been sort of the opposite of what Ogo st- said. And I realize now that I've been totally screwing it up. Yeah, no, that's that's why that's why that's why Ogo makes the big bucks. He's got, yeah, clearly, <laughs> he's got a dumb fat. Okay, I like it. Uh, that's beautiful. Awesome. And Ogo, let's talk about tools for a bit. Ogo, you mentioned Tableau, Power BI. There's there's quite a few tools out there for visualization. Tableau, Power BI, ClickView, ClickSense, um, probably a couple of others, not as dominant, but still exist out there. What are your thoughts, guys? Like, uh, what what's the best one? What's the second best? What's your favorite? And so on. I don't know. Let's maybe start a few ago since you you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, my primary um, analytics tool that I use in terms of visualization is Tableau, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Power BI. Um, and I, you know, Tableau. I just, you know, I've had more experience in Tableau. It's a, a little over five years, um, and I found that Tableau has um, very easy uh, user interface um, and um, they, it seems like they've had a long time to uh, 
uh, for research and development and figuring out uh, what the end user would like to accomplish and and how to how to make uh, certain elements of dashboard design easier. Mm-hmm. And um, so and it seems like Power BI um, um, is still catching up, but uh, it seems like they've made a very very large strides. Um, and they are, um, you know, it's it's a it's a fairly fairly nice tool as well. Uh, um, you know, I, I see value in both, um, but a majority of my projects have been in Tableau, and um, and some of them um, more recently have have been starting to use Power BI. And generally, companies that are looking to use Power BI now, that one of the key things that they see as a benefit is the fact that it's um, integrated with their Office 365 mm-hmm. suite, um, uh-huh. and it's just more seamless. Um, in terms of, um, you know, uh, compatibility, but, uh, Tableau is definitely has some advanced features and a very clean user interface. And you can kind of get, you can kind of complete certain tasks, um, with the click of a button versus Power BI. Sometimes it takes a couple of clicks, but I think they're working on that. And I, I think, um, in, in time, Power BI will, will definitely catch up uh, with, with Tableau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so does uh, the choice of tool depend on the client or is it sometimes you go in and you're like, oh, this tool would be better for this job or this tool would be better for this job? Um, I would say uh, some, sometimes it depends on the client because they they are pretty adamant sometimes about using Power BI, uh, like if they have a full integration of um, like office okay. products. Or, uh, uh, but uh, sometimes they ask for a recommendation, you know, like what tool do you recommend that we use? Uh-huh. And then that's kind of where, where I kind of, try to uh, gauge their situation and, and, and give a recommendation um, based on their, their current infrastructure. What's the, what's the percentage or in what cases, what's the percentage of cases where they, you have to use the tool they, they have and in what percentage of cases do they ask for recommendation? Uh, I would say um, it's about 60, 40. So 60% of the time they have their choice mm-hmm. of, of a visualization software that they are needing help with. And then I'll say the other 40% of the time, it's like um, they don't know what tool to use. They just have a bunch of Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and, and, they're, they're just, and they're trying to find a streamlined uh, process to to uh, to build visualization. So then they rely on recommendation. At that point. Okay. Okay. And so out of those 60%, um, how, what percentage do you say already, already use Tableau and what percentage already use Power BI from your experience? I would say uh, a majority. Um, oh, actually, no. I'll say like I believe I'd say like seventy percent of the clients are using Tableau. About thirty percent are using Power BI. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, what I'm starting to see is that more corporate uh, clients are are um, using Power BI, mm-hmm. whereas um, some of the the smaller and mid sized companies. Um, are, are rely on Tableau, um, and I think it has something to do with um, at a corporate level. Uh, they're you know they're pretty dependent on Microsoft products, mm-hmm. um, and you know like they they want to stay in line with that. Um, so they they tend to focus on you know implementing Power BI so that it's there's you know compatibility there. Okay, okay, so that's very very interesting, and, and yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense in terms of the corporate. Um, uh, What's it called? Like where Microsoft is dominant player with a lot of these corporates, and uh, but basically what I'm what I was getting to is that it makes sense to know both to learn Tableau and Power BI because that will at some point help you in your career, whether you're a freelancer or whether you're uh, looking for jobs. Because always, not only will you get additional knowledge by knowing both, like you'll get uh, 
uh, insights that maybe you don't see through Tableau. Power BI will focus your attention on something better. And Tableau as well will help you learn something in another way. But also like just for your career as well, you'll um, have the flexibility to go with either way. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely helpful to know both. For okay. sure. Cool. And Jonathan, what about you? Like, what what's what are your favorite tools? So uh, I like Tableau. I've never actually worked with Power BI because mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get through that course. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the other thing that I've been using recently since actually I attended Matt Dancho's seminar after your seminar. Oh, at it's, CSGO, uh, right? Okay, okay, yeah. And he worked with he was working with um, Shiny and R. Mm -hmm. And so we built a dashboard sort of on the fly there, which is pretty fun. And I thought, this is actually really cool. So uh, I went through and looked for an equivalent in Python, which I guess is Dash. Dash, yeah. And so, yeah, I re-implemented Matt's code in Dash and uh, just as a way to learn it. And so that actually I have been using a little bit more lately because I think it's a little easier to, to add... Um, future predictions and insights from machine learning algorithms, right? Mm. So if I run XGBoost on something and I get some output, it's a little bit easier to, for me to put that up in something that is easily hostable, right? So Dash builds these little Flask-powered websites and you can throw it up on Heroku or something like that and uh, have access to it right away. So uh, just because I think it's, it's a little bit more fun and, and easily shareable. Mm -hmm. Tableau is an expensive product if mm -hmm. you want to be able to download things and share it. So that's a very interesting comment. Like, because uh, uh, when I was mentioning the tools before, like Tableau, Power BI, uh, Click You, Click Sense, and so on, those are all drag and drop tools. Those are all tools where, you know, you can learn it very quickly. It's very easy to use, very intuitive, and so on. But indeed, there's this uh, whole suite of other tools that are related to the programming languages, such as the ones you mentioned Shiny for R programming, Dash for Python, which are uh, free, you don't have to pay anything for them, and um, they're very, very different. They're not drag and drop. You have to code them. So um, I'd love to get a bit more of your thoughts on that, Jonathan. Like, how is your, like, how do you feel about using either, or how is your experience using either? Because like with uh, Tableau, you just drag and drop. You don't need to code pretty much anything except for if you have like a calculate field or something like that. But in um, mm -hmm. Dash or in shiny you have to like actually code the whole visualization you have to write it in code so like what are the pros and cons of either approach so for me tableau is definitely something where i if i need to bang something out really fast mm -hmm. tableau is where to go right mm -hmm. if if i'm looking for something that is going to display data um over a long time period, something that's going to run continually where I want to be able to log into a website and say, um, oh, how am I doing this month? Or what are my predictions for next month? Where should I be? Uh, what are my, what's my sales? What are my sales going to be? Um, and have a lot more options and a way to share that with other people. I like using it. Uh, I like something like Dash. And it is a little bit more customizable i think because you're you're integrating more than just um visualization right so you can do some cool like you do the clustering thing in in tableau or the or the trend line thing which is those are great um but if i want to if i want to use a, 
an ARIMA model and predict next month's sales forecast, it's a little bit easier to work that into a dash outline or a dash workflow, um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than it is to work it into Tableau. Okay, fantastic. Um, yeah, I guess it comes uh, that uh, like there's a trade-off, right? Like on one hand, ease of use, but on the other hand, um, adjust adaptability, adjustability, or versatility of the tool, right? So like, as you said, you maybe can do a bit more things in Dash, but that comes at a price of, oh, you have to code them in. On the other hand, Tableau, maybe you can't do absolutely everything that you want to imagine under the sun, but at the same time, it's much faster and easier to uh, get hit, get traction. And I really like like how we have two different, slightly different um, career paths, if I may say in that way on this podcast, like on one hand, Ogo, you're like, as I understand, like focused heavily on these drag and drop tools, Tableau Power BI. On that hand, Jonathan, you're, you know, Tableau visualization, but also you've gone into a slightly different direction with the dash. And so you're taking a career in another way. And I think for listeners of the podcast, this can be very valuable because data science is so broad. It has so many ways you can take your career, even in the space of visualization, you can go in Ogo's direction and uh, focus just on uh, or or like predominantly on these drag and drop tools, which and get really good at them and bring value to customers and develop your own methodology around that. Uh, or you can go and combine your visualization as as a um, add on to your machine learning skills and use something like Dash or in Python or Shiny and R and still get the value from visualization, but also uh, be able to integrate machine learning models and so on. So you can choose either and depending on and what you what you like and what you're excited about. So that excites me personally about data science that it's so anybody can have a career in data science that they're excited about. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, so so so, Carol, uh, what are some of the tools that you like to use um, in terms of data visualization? Oh, well, actually, this is interesting because that, that was probably the next thing I want to talk about. I personally love Tableau. I think we all agree on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tableau yeah. is really cool. And uh, uh, I actually last uh, weekend on Saturday, so like six days ago, I passed my Tableau certification. My Well, my first Tableau certification, I did the Tableau desktop specialist exam. I was very nervous. It was really, uh, you know, like I was like, oh, this is my first Tableau exam. How's it going to go? But it went very well. It was really fun. It was a very nice proctor uh, guy, like somebody like monitoring the whole process and did all the multiple choice things like 30, 30 questions, I think, in an hour. Um, got my exam, got my results, passed the test and was like very excited and had a lot of fun. So really, really enjoyed that. And now I'm looking forward to uh, my certified associate, desktop certified associate, and then I'm going to do the desktop certified professional exam as well. Have any of you guys done the exams? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> where do you even where do you find them? Uh, you go to tableau.com/learn/certification. They're like a hundred bucks per exam. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, actually, I've, I've always thought about uh, completing those. I just uh, never really got around to it, but. Um, Definitely going to look into that now Now that, you know, you mentioned that, you know, so for sure. Yeah, you know what, guys, I got some good news for you. Like the reason why I'm doing these exams, because oh, like I was so inspired, uh, you know, like because 
I run Super Data Science, have the podcast and so on. So I don't get that many opportunities to actually work on data science projects or like uh, to, you know, create visualizations. Sometimes, you know, when I can, that's really exciting. But I was very inspired by the workshop that we did in Data Science Go. So, uh, and that got me like, oh, Tableau, this is so cool. I want to get into it again. Um, like, you know, like get even more, more, um, you know, do more stuff with Tableau. And uh, and then I thought, hey, I haven't done the certifications. And I talked to some people on the team. They're like, yeah, you should totally do the certifications. And moreover, what I was thinking is like, I'll create a course on how to do these certifications, like to prepare people for the certifications. So that's why I'm doing these certifications. I did the Tableau Desktop Specialist. I'm going to do Certified Associate in a few weeks and then Professional. And then uh, probably sometime around like January, February 2020, we're going to launch a course on how to prepare for certified, uh, well, for all three exams, for the specialist, the associate, and the professional. So if you haven't taken the exams by then, then I highly you know, welcome you to, to take the courses that I'm going to create, and hopefully that will prepare you for the exams. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I'm cool. looking forward to those courses, though, for sure. I'll, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be probably one of the first to sign up. <laughs> I lo- I I'll love- race you. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Because I love creating them because um, you can, you know, like it's it's similar to like in visualization, you allow yourself to be creative and and make, I don't know, like make something that never existed before. Same thing in courses. Like I like to create these data sets and these challenges and so on. Uh, you guys probably remember from the Tableau uh, courses that they're, like there's some pretty cool things that uh, like Tableau can do. And if you have the right data set, the right challenge, it's, it's really exciting sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I, one thing I really like about your courses, uh, Carol, is um, the fact that you use like real, real world exa- uh, like challenges or like uh, scenarios, you know, like, um, like in one course, no, I think what was the Tableau A to Z or the advanced one, um, but you kind of like were using oil rigs or, you know, like or refineries to see, to kind of see like a, the um the what the capacity for the the, the oil rigs were right so like mm. this is like a real real world scenario and being able to then apply the data data science techniques and the visualization techniques to then visualize how these rigs are performing compared compared to each other right so so that's uh one thing that i really like about some of your courses you know thanks thanks a lot uh ogo um yeah i i, I really believe in uh, making you know like applying to real world world um, examples and real world case studies. So that, yeah, that's for sure, for sure the case. Um, I actually wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, tips. So we, you know, like we all, we mentioned that some visualization tools or you shared your fantastic um, methodology with us, which we all going to adopt from, <laughs> from here on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should publish it as a, like a, like a cheat sheet or something like that, you know, like people can download it, like the Ogo yeah. visualization method, like uh, OVM. Yeah. yeah, you know, actually, I got inspired from a, another company, so I have to give them a little bit of credit as well. So I think it's uh, decisive data. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, you know, I, I went to a few conferences um, this year and, uh, you know, I just try to try to, to get some little tidbits from each conference um, to see how you know, um, I could, you know, improve my skills as well as help others. So, so, yeah, you know, I get inspiration from different, from different, uh, people. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. So you attend a couple of conferences, Jonathan, how many conferences did you attend in 2019? Uh, DSGO was the first one I went to. So, okay. 
Okay, cool. So what what made you go? Like very very interesting. I'd love to get both your perspectives. Like Jonathan, why did you go to Data Science Good? It was your first first event. Yeah, so uh it I think I started listening to your podcast about a week or two after DSGO 18. So everybody was still pretty high on it. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, wow, that sounded like a lot of fun. And so as it came up this year, I I I thought, well, you know, this is a really interesting field and I'd really like to do more in it. I should probably make some friends in the data science community. So DSGOS Go sounded fun. Yeah. I mean, Ogo and I uh, hung out like the entire, uh, the entire DSGO and I I met (laughs) several other people that were great. So that was really fun. Um, Actually, I met um, Ayudeli Odebello, which was really fun. And I think I'm going to be doing a, a mentorship with her nice that's very Uh, cool so that's going to be really fun so yes that was the purpose of coming to data science go this year and and, uh, i think it fulfilled its its purpose quite nicely i had a lot of fun met a lot of people and here we are chatting so nice what else do you ask for nice very cool and ogo for you it was slightly different you you went to a few conferences so like why 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 do you go to conferences and why do you go to data science go so uh, i feel like one of the most important um Things that you could, I guess, one of the most, uh, one of the best ways of spending money, I guess, as a freelancer or just as in general, um, I think is uh, increasing your knowledge um, and learning from others. So I feel like conferences are a great place to to learn new things and learn new methods on how to approach uh, problems. So um, so that's kind of one of the main reasons I go, and I I try to go to at least you know one or two conferences a year um, just to just to kind of stay in the Stay, stay current and um, also to see if there's something that I can apply to my day-to-day um, kind of operations. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the main reasons why I go. And then, and also to network, right? Um, and um, so, yeah, that's that's that. And then um, one of the reasons why I decided Data Science Go is primarily because of you, of course, right? <laughs> Kiro. Thank you. Um, you know, because I feel like, um, you know, you, you have a pretty great, uh, grasp when it comes to like um, data visualization and just overall data science. So, uh, so I was pretty impressed with uh, what you've built so far. So I, I really wanted to check that out in person, see what that was like. You know? Awesome. So, Thanks. What, what are some of the other conferences you can recommend to our listeners? Like, of course, you know, I'm biased, data science go, but there's <laughs> other great conferences out there. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a conference, um, a Tableau conference, actually, I think oh, yeah. this yeah. week, this weekend, I believe um, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's a conference that I, I would like to go to, but, um, um, not sure if I'll, I'll be attending that one this year, but those, those are some of the type of con- conferences that I like to go to. And then, um, and then locally I do some, um, I go to some, uh, uh kind of meet and greets and some seminars locally. Uh, and one of the ones that I recently attended was, um, uh, art plus data, um, in Seattle. So, uh, you know, just learning how to apply, um, certain visual techniques to uh, to dashboards so that you could uh, help stakeholders make quick and informed decisions using uh, color and flow and and things of that nature. So, so I like to attend meetups and um, seminars as well locally. Mm, that's very cool. I think meetups are very important. As you said, meet people, network and so on. Okay, well, thanks, thanks, guys, for you know the shout out for Data Sense Go. I, I'm glad you enjoyed the event. We're going to grow it even more next year. Uh, on a fourth one and um uh yeah and if conferences i do believe important important to meet people network 
let's um, let's switch a bit and talk about some tips, right? So we talked about visualization. We uh, mentioned some tools we love and so on. Um, what are some tips you can share uh, with, like you know, just quick hacks that you've learned using Tableau or maybe other tools uh, that our users can take away and after this podcast right away start applying in their careers. All right, um, who wants to start? A, a, a random tip that comes to your mind. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I would say one of the most important tips um, that I can give is uh, just um, tr try to, like, I guess, build a, like, try to build a dashboard that tells a meaningful story um, and try not to overcomplicate things. So, like, keeping it simple is very important um, and um, using white space um, or just, not cluttering the dashboard with uh with just several uh worksheets um and charts um is something that i found is a little bit more helpful um just being able to tell a meaningful story use color to quickly identify kind of areas of opportunity and um just not over cluttering the dashboard okay gotcha so keep it simple and use color first one from ogo we're gonna let's do let's do let's make it a game let's do three each right so each one of us will do three Olga's got his first okay. one, keep it simple and use color. Jonathan, what have you got for your first one? So in terms of um, if you're going to be doing any programming, like we were talking about with Dash, download and start using the program Kite if you're going to be working in Python. It mm -hmm. is awesome. What does it do? It's Tell a, us. It's a, it's a recommendation system. It's an ML recommend, recommendation system for code completion, documentation search, and it integrates into whatever uh, IDE you're using. And as you're typing, it, it'll bring up documentation for things. So you start typing in matplotlib and it says, okay, this is how everybody in uh, like the internet or GitHub, this is how they're using matplotlib. Like usually the next thing they type is pyplot. Do you want to do that? Yep, boom. Okay, cool. Do you have a question about the plot function? It brings up examples and it does this all automatically. So you're not bouncing back and forth between Google. Oh, wait, I got to pull up the matplotlib documentation because I forgot what order things go in or, or whatever. So I, I downloaded it this week and I was like, I'm, where has this been? My this is the best thing. <laughs> That's ever. awesome. So it's K-I-T-E, right? Yeah. Yep. Python. And it's, it's, so it's, it's a separate program you install on your computer. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And it, uh, does it work with... Um, all like Python tools, you know, from Spy Spider to other IDEs? So I, it didn't have uh, support for Spider, but it had support for Sublime and PyCharm and Atom and, and Vim even if you're into okay. that kind of thing. What about Jupyter? Uh, no, it didn't okay. say Jupyter, but they should definitely add Jupyter. That's a great Maybe they idea. will with time. Maybe they will. Do you yeah, know one yeah. a similar one for R? I don't. Mm. I just stumbled onto this one this week and I, and I thought, oh, that's cool. is great. And you don't have to just use it with, with visualization. You can use it for other, you know, machine learning in Python, for instance, it's, right? It's for, it's for any Python programming whatsoever. So if you're going to be, I, I don't care if you're adding two plus two or if you're making the world's most complicated dash dashboard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so my number one tip will be, uh, I really love the way Tableau has um, integrated the concepts of aggregation and granularity. And that is like, you know, how granular is your chart? How, like, how many, um, points are you showing? How, like, in detail are you showing this specific, uh, visualization? 
or this specific view or versus how aggregate is it? How are you aggregating these things? You know, you might have a chart showing results, service results or statistical results per city or, or of a continent or per country of a continent or it can show per continent, things like that. So aggregation granularity, my number one tip uh, or my tip number one would be to look into these concepts, whether or not you're using Tableau. Tableau just does them really well. I think that's that's the foundational principles of Tableau, aggregation granularity. That's how the tool is built. So it's a great place to learn it. Um, but even if you're using other tools, understand those concepts really well because that will help you better structure, decide, and design your visualizations when you have those two things in mind. You know, It's always a trade-off between aggregation granularity and finding that golden balance this is what's going to help you build the perfect dashboard. Okay. Uh, number two from Ogo, please, sir. Yeah, so um, so I think it's along the lines of what you what you mentioned, um, but I feel like uh, there's a way to um, kind of make things less complicated um, in a sense of uh, you can, instead of like showing a chart with a bunch of lines um, on it, you could say, you could build a KPI. So kind of using KPIs effectively. So let's say you build a KPI and it's looking at, let's say, um, uh, the percent, uh, let's say the percent change of, let's say profit, for instance, uh-huh. over the past six months, right? So like you could say, um, let's say profit has increased, uh, 30% over the past six months, right? In just a single counter or KPI. Um, and that just uh, quickly gives the, the, the user an understanding of like, um, you know, whether profit is, is, is improving or, or declining. Um, just just from looking at one um, KPI, um, so being able to u- utilize counters or like um, numeric KPI cards, yeah, numeric numbers in a in a very concise way, uh, so that you could quickly um, uh, kind of portray what's going on with the underlying data. Interesting. I love that tip because it's very counterintuitive. You like once you start building visualization, you think that every sh- everything should be a picture, everything should be an image, everything should be a chart or a bar chart or whatever, a pie. Um, like it should have an element of like visual to it. But like what you're saying is sometimes don't like don't get carried away. Just put a number there, in there. Like don't forget that you also have that power to just add uh, a KPI or you know a, a numeric. Um, representation of a single thing. Sometimes you don't need to overdo it and attach an image imagery to every single or like visualization type of thing to every single insight. Sometimes you just want to have a single KPI that will help inform the rest of the visualization, right? Correct. Yes. Awesome. Great tip. Thank you. Uh, all right, Jonathan, your tip number two. So uh, I would say less less about individual dashboards or individual visualizations um, as a process technique, communicating with the person that's going to be using that dashboard Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. so that you're constantly iterating on the idea. Like, you know, Ogo said, okay, this, this person needs a, a particular feature. And so your understanding of that feature might be different than their understanding of the feature. So you build it, you have to show that to them iteratively right you have to say okay here's what i'm thinking yes no they say no okay here's now what i'm thinking again based on our other conversation you have to do those things as much as you possibly can because 
you'll end up wasting so much more time going down a rabbit hole that you're going to have to backtrack if you're not in constant communication with your client. Well, wonderful. So it's like a, apply an agile kind of methodology to, uh, or an agile process to your development. Like don't just, just develop the whole thing from start to finish and then get feedback, but like develop it a little bit, get feedback, develop a little bit more, get feedback and so on. So that you always, you know that you're on the right track, correct? Yeah. Yes, that would, that's exactly right. I did steal that idea from agile. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the best way to do it, you know, like, especially in something like visualization. I agree. Okay, cool. Uh, my tip number two is um, about presentation and um, how you, yeah, basically how you present. So you need to understand when you're creating a visualization, you need to understand, is this going to be presented? Is somebody going to be consuming this without you or with you? Very two different situations. If somebody's going to be consuming it without you, you have to put in all the comments, annotations, supporting text, descriptions, and so on, so that people are able to consume it, whether if it's just like, you know, uh, um, like a storyline so that they can just follow along and understand what's going on, or if it's an interactive visualization, you need to add documentation to it or some kind of um, additional um, text that will help people understand which buttons to click and so on. That's case number one. Case number two is if they're consuming it in your presence, if you're going to be actually presenting this, whether it's a storyline or interactive dashboard, doesn't matter, a PowerPoint presentation, if you copy your visualization to PowerPoint and so on, like if you're there, absolutely different story. My advice, if you're presenting minimal text, you are there to present. So the attention must be 80% on you, 20% on the visualization. You are there to present, the visualization is there to support you. It's a, it's a tool that's assisting you. The eyes and the ears should be on you, not on the visualization. You should click a slide, open a new slide, or you know, progress through visualization. People should look at it quickly and then back attention should be back on you because that's how they consume. If you put a lot of text, a lot of pictures, images, and so on onto visualization so people like are looking through it, they're not going to listen to you. They absorb much more information through their eyes and through their ears. And therefore, as they're looking through the visualization, they're absorbing all this information and, and everything you're saying is going completely over the top of their heads. So if you're presenting, make sure that the visualization is very, like Ogo says, simple and it's designed to support you, not the other way around. You want to be the star of the show, not the visualization. So take into account w which situation are you in. Are you, is the information consumed without you or with you and make your visualization tailor it to that specific situation. Would you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, great. Yeah. Awesome. That's, okay. Yeah, that's, that was a very, yeah, yeah, that's very, very important. Thank you. Okay. Ogo, uh, tip number three, your final tip for today. Uh, let's see. So I would say uh, make it look nice. <laughs> make it look pretty. Make it you look know? nice. Uh, I'm, so, you know, like I, I, I kind of compare it to um, kind of, culinary arts or like being a chef right so like you can cook the most amazing meal but if it's not presentable and if it doesn't look look um you know look nice um then people it'll be kind of hard for people to to like want to consume it um you know uh, so i i always try to spend a, a lot of time making it look nice um making the charts look very clean and um very well put together and just the overall dashboard the look and feel of it the user interface and the user experience as they're drilling down, um, you know, where, you know, what colors am I using? Um, being subtle with things that are not important and, and then using more vivid colors for, for, uh, for things that, that, that stand out or 
areas of opportunity um, and not overdoing color, right? So just being able to um, create a very, very um, well put together dashboard that is that looks nice is um, also essential. Fantastic. Thank you. Lo love that tip. Absolutely agree. I was cooking dinner yesterday and in the end I was like, oh, this rice looks good but something's missing so i took a tomato and i cut it up you know like a like a like a crown like a that uh, way you cut up a tomato with the spiky way put on top mm -hmm. like oh much better <laughs> the, <laughs> right, exactly. the, the rice exactly. didn't taste as good but it looked great so, right yeah. <laughs> totally get what you saying all right jonathan your final tip for today so final tip um you guys have covered the uh the how to make beautiful dashboards very nicely i'll say think of the psychology of your client so is is what you're doing going to somehow uh, make your client feel inadequate or scare them in some way are you presenting information that's going to contradict their beliefs in what things are happening those sorts of situations end up with you doing an awful lot of work and with a really unhappy client. So if you don't take the time ahead of time to sit down with them and say, um, this is what I think is going on. What do you think is going on? Do you see a pain point here? And uh, is, it, is it painful for you or is it painful for the company? If you start, you have to really think about your client's mental state before you start showing them anything because it's really easy to embarrass them in a way that you don't know that you're doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So th that, um, that's, I think, just a key to doing any type of consulting, internal, external, whatever. You, you really need to spend the time to understand your client's state of mind before you get even into the process that Ogo outlined. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Thank you. Ogo, have you been in situations like that where you potentially could have embarrassed the client or, you know, like uh, you, you had to, you, you know, like basically you could relate to something that Jonathan is saying and that thinking about those things helped you uh, stru structure your relation in a different way? Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes that happens with uh, data integrity um, issues. So let's say, um, uh, let's say the data is um, you build out a dashboard and um, the data is is being inaccurately reported, um, and it'll make the it'll it'll make the company look like they are underperforming dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, being able to catch that in advance and being able to do some data validation uh, prior to um, this, you know kind of submitting your dashboard or showing it to the, the stakeholder is important so that you. Um, you can kind of build that trust and um, you're not, um, you know, kind of upsetting the, <laughs> the, the stakeholder or just losing that trust um, is, is something that you just don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 I'll, and on top of that, I would say um, that it's um, Jonathan made a very, very good point, um, understanding the psychology of the client, uh, because uh, if they let's say if you you create a dashboard that shows um, you know, like drastic, the, the client is drastically underperforming in certain areas. Um, before presenting that to a team of people, like being able to um, kind of, you know, have that direct line of communication with, let's say, one of the key stakeholders to just make sure that, um, you know, this is accurate and this is um, 
uh, an approach that they would like to take with the dashboard is important. Uh huh. Absolutely. So it's it's not about bending the truth. It's about what is it that the purpose of this presentation is. What is the purpose of this visualization? You might find certain things that weren't the purpose and that are important to the client to correct. But in this specific for this specific audience, they don't want to you know um, stir the waters. They don't want to um, present this like these insights. You know, like they want to work on them first and then improve and then. Um, fix the situation. Like it's maybe not relevant to the specific presentation. So on. I think that ties in very well with uh, Jonathan, your other uh, comment about constant feedback. If you have that constant feedback loop with the client, then you're less likely, you're more, you, you are more exposed to their psychology and you're less likely to, um, offend them or to, um, you know, go with your visualization in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you've got that feedback. You can, you know, and if you stumble onto something like Ogo said that, you know, this is a really sensitive little bit of information I've discovered here. You know, your employees, the sales department is is misrepresenting their numbers. How do you want to handle that? Do you really want to get up in your annual sales meeting and, <laughs> and embarrass that entire team? Or would you like to handle this on your own? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one thing with that is um, I feel like sometimes it's... um. You know, some companies just have to, um, just, uh, you know, absorb, like kind of put their, their ego aside in a sense. Um, and, um, and essentially kind of own the fact that they are underperforming in certain areas. And I think with the step, with step two of, of, of the phase that we, or step two that we discussed, we discussed earlier in terms of designing the, the mock-up visual first, um, if we're able to, to, to complete that process, then the, the, stake, the stakeholder will know that these are the charts and the KPIs that we will be tracking. Um, so being able to catch that in that stage will, will help um, prevent, prevent you from like kind of um, prevent that situation from occurring where you're, you're, you're displaying something that they don't want to see because you've already addressed that in, in the second stage. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. Yeah, follow Ogo's methodology. <laughs> you avoid mistakes. Awesome. Okay, thank you. And my st uh, my tip number three is uh, get certified. So uh, I'm not saying this just because I'm creating courses and certification. That's that is the case. But I also found like by taking the certification myself, the first one on Tableau Desktop Specialist, I found that a it's very easy. Uh, B, it's not super expensive if you compare it to, you know, the Tableau license is like 800 bucks per year. The certification is a hundred dollars per year. It is, you know, pricey, but it's worth it. And why is it worth it? Because once you're certified, it's, you already know all these things, right? You already learn Tableau. You're already using it. Add the certification on top. I, I don't know. Maybe other tools probably also have certifications, but I'm talking specifically about Tableau. Like add the certification on top and then you can, you have a, you know, a certain weight to the conversations you're going to be having, whether it's with your, um, clients, if you're a freelancer, whether it's with your employer, if you're employed, whether it's, uh, you know, with, with your interviewer, if you're looking for jobs, once you have these certifications, it's kind of like a very strong statement that, Hey, you know, not only I believe myself that I know these things and here's my portfolio, but also I've done, I've gone the extra mile. I've done the certification on my own. I've, you know, invested my time and effort and money into this. And that shows that I'm serious about this tool. But plus, you know, because I have the certification, I know all the things that I need to know at this level. 
it's uh the exam is is not hard at all so multiple choice exam you know just prepare for it for for a few days uh, or weeks depending on the level of the exam but i really highly recommend like doing it myself like i highly recommend for everybody to if you're serious about tableau get on top of it it's uh it's going to be totally worth it for your career that's including that's a good tip including you guys <laughs> oh go jonathan <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely okay awesome i'll definitely be looking into that <laughs> awesome well uh this brings us slowly to the the end of the podcast i've been, i've had a lot of fun let's let's recap you know let's recap on these tips so ogo your three tips keep it simple and use color using kpis effectively and number three make it look nice jonathan uh, number one was download kite for python for code completion number two constant feedback with your clients number three think of psychology uh of your client or the, uh, think of the psychology of your client and my tips were number one aggregation granularity uh number two uh you you present your dashboard supports you if that's a presentation in person and number three get certified so yeah had a great time chatting you with you guys how did you guys feel about this podcast there was a lot awesome. of fun, Kirill. Thank you so much for having <laughs> us. It's been so much fun. That's yeah. uh, my, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Uh, we, some final notes before we go. Um, where can our listeners find you, connect with you, get in touch? I don't know, like um, with uh, Jonathan, maybe you know somebody might want to get to know a bit more how you use visualization with machine learning and integrate those things. Sounds sounds some really cool things. It sounds, sounds like you have some great ideas to share there. Or Ogo, you have your freelance company, maybe somebody might want to, you know, uh, in, engage you for your services. What are, what are some of the best places to get in touch? So LinkedIn for me is, uh, is, is always a good place to get in touch with me. So you can reach out to me, LinkedIn, Jonathan Mocha, M-U-C-H-A. I should be one of the only guys. Gotcha. Okay. And Ogo? Yeah, same, same for me. Uh, we, we can reach out via LinkedIn, uh, Ogo as a four on LinkedIn and, um, and also, um, ogo.asafor at outlook.com. Um, and then, um, I also have, um, a website, um, ogo, ogoasafor.com as well that, um, should be launching shortly. Fantastic. So. Fantastic. Um, and ogo, you mentioned you're uh, looking for an expert data visualization, um, artist, somebody who knows data visualization, somebody who's artistic to, um, kind of like collaborate with in your freelance career. Tell us a bit about that. Maybe there's somebody on the podcast listening who might be interested in that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm always looking for um, for individuals who have uh, great ideas in terms of um, um, how to um, build dashboards, uh, more modern um, looking dashboards that are very kind of unique and, um, you know, using some artistic abilities to like kind of create a very like a, cre a very creative dashboard uh so kind of that that hybrid um of a kind of like an artist and uh an artist who has like technical uh abilities you know that's kind of what i'm looking for in terms of um uh data visualization um resource so jonathan you said you mentioned before the podcast that uh you are looking to transition into the space of data science and visualization congratulations that's it's a huge decision. Very, very excited for you. And um, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Like what kind of uh, role are you looking for? What kind of, uh, you know, what excites you the most in data science or visualization these days? Yeah, thanks, Carol. Um, you, you know, the thing that I really discovered when I was actually at Matt Dancho's presentation mm -hmm. was providing business impact is so much fun. I've, I've been doing data science kind of forever. And I didn't, I just didn't know it until about 2017. So I've spent a lot of time, you know, we built a startup. I've learned a lot about business. 
Uh, I've learned a lot about how to solve problems. I'm looking to put all those things together and provide some impact for uh, some really progressive uh, companies looking to have a data scientist on their team. So I'm going to be doing a mentorship through Sharpest Minds with Adelio Odabella, uh, which is going to be really fun and I think uh, help really build up my portfolio. And so after that, I'm I'm really going to be out there looking for data science opportunities in in probably the business world. You know, I I really <laughs> want to focus. Yeah, that's it. I really want to focus on um, being able to provide meaningful impact. That's awesome, man! Congratulations and best of luck on that uh, journey. I wanted to also my my pleasure. I also wanted to say that it's really cool. I love these moments. Uh, very rare, but like. Like I know Jonathan. Like I've seen you in, uh, like we met at Data Science Go. I've seen how you can help people. How passionate are you about this? I know how active you are in the data, the super data science community. Uh, you know, like you're sharing your expertise there and and uh, ideas. The what I mean, like these moments are so rare, is that there's so many companies out there looking for talented, passionate, driven data scientists. And at the same time, there's so many people who want to be data scientists who want to be passionate, who want to be driven, who who want to, you know, who want to have a career. But the thing is that not all of them are putting in the effort, the time, they're not all of them, they, they want to be passionate, they want to be successful, they want to be driven, but they're not. Like they they rather, you know, like do something else or go to bed early or not wake up. Like you, you've been doing these, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you, it takes effort yeah. to go yes, through these does. courses, to to learn these things, to uh, you know, like uh, go fly half fly across the country to attend a conference in California if you live in New York. You know, like so. I know about you that you're really like you're one of those guys that if companies knew like you're there, they'd hire you like in a in a heartbeat. And why I love these moments is because like you're on the podcast and there's like ten thousand people listening to this. So inevitably, there's companies in New York, upstate New York, where you are. So my call to all the companies in whoever's listening from upstate New York or New York, if you need a talented, passionate data scientist, Jonathan is your guy, and he's probably not going to be on the market for long after this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> hit him up as fast as you can. Well, thank you for the endorsement. Yeah, that means a lot. The, the uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You know what? I, I sort of joke with people. I, I tell myself that I really want to learn French, and I've mm. really wanted to learn French for probably 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I get it, right? There's a lot of people out there that are, that are in the same spot. They're like, I really want to be a data scientist, but I also have all these other things going on. And, and you know, it does, it takes dedication. I get up at four o'clock in the morning most days mm. so that I can work on projects before I go to work. That's great. Very inspiring, Jonathan. Very inspiring. And uh, yeah, um, thank you for, you know, sharing this. And I'm sure there's people out there listening who are going to be um, banging on your door with no, in no time. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay. All right, guys. Well, on that note, I think, I think we've gone way over time. It's probably one of our longest podcasts out there. So I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on the show. I had a great time chatting to you both and uh, the insights you know, that were shared, the knowledge bombs that were dropped. I think people are going to be getting so much value out of this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Kiro. It's been so much fun. Yeah, thank you, Kiro. Really appreciate it. All right, guys, take care. All right. So there we have it. Uh, that was uh, Jonathan Mocha and Ogo Ezefor. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and got as many cool takeaways from this 
uh, podcast. I really enjoyed sharing the three tips with the guys. It was really cool, and it was interesting to see how we how the tips we shared were slightly different. Algo focused on you know keeping things simple and making visualizations very digestible. Jonathan focused more on uh, psychology and talking to your clients and. I talked about like, I don't know, different fundamentals of visualization from aggregation and granularity and how to present and also uh, the certifications aspect of it. Probably my favorite takeaway was uh, Ogo's methodology. That was really cool. Something that like I'm not used to doing, approaching visualization, um, not, not looking at the data at the start. It's very tempting to look at the data that you have to, and then include like structured visualization based on that. And his approach is backwards or his approach is upside down compared to that so basically start with the questions then come up with a design interact and then only develop the dashboard i really enjoyed that so huge shout out and thank you to ogo for sharing that and uh, of course there are plenty of other takeaways here and if you want to connect with our guests as usual you can find their profiles their urls to their linkedins and any other contact information in the show notes which are available at superdatascience.com 319 that's superdatascience.com slash 319. Make sure to connect with Jonathan and Ogo on LinkedIn. If you are looking to work with visualization company and with a visualization freelancer, uh, hit Ogo up. Or if you're looking to um, collaborate on uh, visualization projects with an interesting uh, freelancer who's already got processes set up, also hit Ogo up. On the other hand, if you're looking to hire an, a visualization expert, a passionate, talented data scientist, who I personally know, uh, and you're based, your company is based in New York, up, upper, upstate New York, or it's an online remote company, then make sure to hit Jonathan up. And as usual, you can also get uh, any materials we mentioned, plus the podcast transcript in the show notes as well. Um, and some final thoughts, uh, look out for the certification, Tableau certification courses, which I am recording. Well, I will be recording in the next uh, month or so, and which will be released in January and February next year. So look out for those. I would love for you to take them, to be part of them. If you took the Tableau A to Z and the Tableau Advanced course, you know that they're fun and that there are some, there are gonna be some really cool case studies, hands-on experiences, exercises that you can do. And plus, then you can definitely, uh, with much more certainty, pass your certifications, the ones that I am doing myself right now. So I'll be very excited for you to join in those courses. Look out for those, look in your inbox and look out for any announcements we send around those in January and February. And uh, one final thing I would like to ask of you today is if you know somebody who's passionate about data visualization, who is interested in the field, who loves Tableau and other visualization tools, then send them this episode, share the love, share this podcast, let them also learn from these insights and get some valuable takeaways from here. Very easy to share. Just send them the link, superdatascience.com slash 319. On that note, thank you so much for being here today, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait to see you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.